Hi, how are you? And welcome back to Roots and Branches, a podcast ministry of New Life Evangelical Free Church, episode 13. Lucky 13, but good thing we don't believe in luck here. I'll quote Obi-Wan Kenobi from the original Star Wars. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. So we don't believe in luck. We believe in the providence of being here with you today. Yes. Glad to be here. And we're going to start a new series today, Brent, yep. on, on transformational outcomes. That's a major portion of our whole church uh, vision to disciple by doing, and there's actually 12, which is a good number, very biblical number, the <laughs> governmental number of the apostles and the tribes. So give us uh, an overview of how were you and the uh, vision planning team uh, vitally involved in yeah. coming up with these 12 areas, and how is this series meant to bless the listener? Yeah, uh, well, there's a little bit of background, um, but just to kind of s- set the stage for this, when we talk about disciple by doing, which we've been defining on this podcast, and we've been trying to explain and help our church to catch a vision for, um, we are, are really wanting to be uh, aware of uh, what are we aiming for. <laughs> so we can define what disciple by doing is in terms of strategy, but what's the outcomes? What are we aiming for? What kind of transformation do we want to see? So we've developed uh, some transformational outcomes, not intended to be an exhaustive list, but this is a good starting point for us to consider what are some touch points in our particular moment in time, our culture, our, our uh, world that we swim in, the kind of things that we struggle with uniquely uh, today as uh, believers in, in, in our nation, in our time. And yes. so uh, some of those, some of those uh, are, 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 I'll define in a moment here, I'll kind of work through the list, but I want to make sure everybody sees when we talk about transformational outcomes, it's a movement from something to something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a movement from a place that uh, is apart from God or not walking in his ways or sort of sucked in by the things of this world to good and godly things that are in alignment with uh, with God's truth, with his design, with his way to live, and is, is really animated and empowered by the Holy Spirit and the work of transformation he does in us. Amen, yes. And I, I have to give another shout out to one of our common verses we refer to in this podcast is Romans 12, 1 and 2, because in verse 2, there's that operative word, transformed, do yeah. not be conformed to this world. So that's what we're coming from. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and and acceptable and perfect. And when we are in Christ, when we go from dead to alive, lost to found, every part of our being, every atom of our being is transformed and is being transformed. That's the other mystery too. Yeah. We, we were saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. And, and this series really talks about the are being saved, the sanctification process yeah. after the moment of salvation, waiting for the completion, the completion of uh, yep. the new bodies and the new earth. How do we live as believers right now in the here and now? Exactly. Exactly. So here's some of our transformational outcomes. We envision people moving from anxious to peaceful, from image management to authentic relationship, from lonely to belonging, from fragmented to integrated, from individual to community, uh, from my design to God's design, from consuming to stewarding, from non-place to place, from relative truth to biblical truth, from entitled to selfless, 
from digital to analog and from busy to restful. Yes. Now, some of these you can see are very contextual to the times that we live in. Absolutely. They're so relevant to 2023. Yes. And they, but they, they help to paint a picture of what's, what's, what's a vision for uh, a life of trans that's, that's transformed to walk uh, in, in God's ways, but in ways that are also countercultural to the world and the ways that we, in the society we live in, in the culture that we live in, sort of get sucked into the world's ways of doing things that are destructive yes. and instead move into ways uh, that are in, in obedience and walking with the Lord that are constructive to help us to flourish and, 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 uh, and, and walk with the Lord. So uh, those are, those are a, an overview of our transformational outcomes. And here's where we're going to go today. Yes. First one I want to start with is moving from non-place to place. Mm. And we're going to start there because it's one of the most fun that I like to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> and so, hey, we get to do that if we want, yeah. I guess. But it also, I was just doing some reading and recently that really inspired me to think about this in a deeper way afresh uh, this, this, this week. And so I feel like it's really just on the forefront of my mind. But it also helps us to think through as a church where we are at this moment, where we're talking about uh, looking ahead to the the future here. Here we are in in... in early 2023, March 2023, we're looking at uh, how's God going to use us as a church community with the people we have and the gifts and the passions and skills that we've got, um, the current facility that we have, mm-hmm. the beautiful 10-acre property that we're redeveloping, but then also praying about, does God have for us in the future a new facility that may be able to inhabit uh, as a tool for ministry? We need to talk about a deeper philosophy of the place in which God has put us yes. to do ministry here mm-hmm. at this moment in time. And so that's really why I want to start there, because it's really helpful. So uh, here's a way to launch into that conversation, Paul. Yes. Um, I So I picked up a book a number of years ago by uh, a guy named uh, Marc Auger. He's French. Uh, and and the, the book, he's an anthropologist, and the book is called Non-Places, An Introduction to Supermodernity. Oh, and he's talking about, okay, here we are. We've been in the modern world for 100 years or mm-hmm. more. Uh, now we're living in the late modern world, but he even calls it super modernity. Like we're seeing the really the the pinnacle expressions of a lot of the, the things that came about through the Industrial Revolution and through uh, the development of technologies and our sort of embrace of uh, the, the kind of the material world uh, as kind of this uh, flat, um, we can observe and, and make our own way through it on our own, uh, apart from God, you know, kind of the, the real, the, the ways of modernity. Uh, and and he, he brings in this idea of non-places and places. And he says that the key difference between them is that non-places are things like Airports, shopping malls, hotels, uh, chain coffee shops, places that have been specifically engineered or designed for people to move into them, through them, and out of them without them asking anything of you. Mm -hmm. You're a passerby. They're literally like people conveyor belts. And they, they don't have a unique character in and of themselves. They're almost designed to all look the same and function in the same mm-hmm. way. And we inhabit so many non-places every 
day or every week in our lives that we don't even realize it anymore. Yes. Like, so what are some of those illustrations that come to mind if you want to think of a non-place? A non-place? Well, <laughs> humorously, <laughs> I don't fly hardly ever, uh, but uh, when we go to the airport, I think of those walking escalators, those sort of yeah. horizontal, and you stand there and you can go a little bit faster than the people walking, unless you're me, because I walk really fast. Yeah. But there's that, and there's also one of the most infamous kinds of non-place is a highway, traffic on a highway. Yeah. There's millions of people in America every day that are on the highways, but that is one of the essences because nobody that I know of loves to be stuck in traffic, loves to drive in bad weather, especially in Minnesota. And so that's just getting from point A to point B. Don't make me dwell here. However, it's interesting. We could transition, or maybe I'll just offer this, that a place would be your actual vehicle. That is a form of a small place because we all have our creature comforts in the car, whether it's uh, in my generation, the CD player, or maybe even the A-tracks and the cassettes, or the YouTube, or not the YouTube, but the Bluetooth. Yeah. And uh, but as far as non-place, all those public ven- public venues that are meant just to, like you said, get people going through the conveyor belt. Henry Ford's yeah. vision of the factory assembly line, which is the antithesis of the craftsmanship yep. that have been millennia old, such as carpenters and those who make things with their hands and that yep. don't rely on assembly line. So yep. uh, that sort of assembly line versus a craftsmanship is maybe what you're talking about with regarding the non-place sure. versus the place because a place is personal, it's more thoughtful, it's more yeah. homey, and it's more inclusive and belonging. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the, the differences of it is non-places, as I said a moment ago, they don't ask much of you or anything of you. Mm-hmm. And, and in some way, one of the deeper undercurrents in our culture is that we have embraced that it is good for things not to make demands on us. Mm. It's like we 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 may never say that ever out loud, but somehow we've adopted that as a value. Yes. It's like, I even think about this in the church. Uh, sometimes people in the local church are say, well, how can we do this in a way that doesn't put a burden on people or doesn't make it hard for them or whatever? And you're sort of looking for the path of least resistance or the most ease. Yes. And like, well, that's what people want and that's what they deserve. And we'll sort of talk in that kind of language and not realize, hold on a second, not ha- not asking anything difficult of people. Yes. The path of ease, that's the path to meaninglessness. Yes. That's the path to lack of commitment. That's the path to viewing yourself as a consumer. And you wonder why people have such thin relationships. It's because we don't ask anything of each other. It's like real relationships actually demand something of you. Mm-hmm. And we want, it's like on the one hand, we want to resist it, but then we wonder why we're so lonely. Yeah. I would add real relationships and real discipleship. Yes. One book that comes to my mind, if you don't mind me uh, name dropping a book, the Harris brothers wrote Do Hard Things Mm. about 15 years ago. I read that during on an anniversary trip, Wendy and I took, and that simple concept of doing hard things, even the chapter doing little hard things like making your bed every day, which Jordan Peterson, another podcaster talks about that often. uh, We are called to do hard things things and little hard things. And when you when you just mentioned that we are careful to tiptoe around asking difficult things of others, I would propose that's exactly what makes people feel purposeful. If yeah. you're never uh, demanded of to do anything, then you feel like, what's my point? Uh, one quick story that I didn't even write in my notes about this, Brent. One time, Wendy had emergency surgery mm. uh, for something she had, a, a cyst that she had many years ago. And, and the fact that she was laid up for the better part of six weeks forced me to be more waiting on her hand and foot. And I told her after the fact and in, during the fact, this gives me more purpose. And I, I wish that you would ask me more often to do things for you because <laughs> she's such a hard worker and she's usually doing 
everything that I'm not. And so anyway, when we're asked to do things, it all uh, causes us to rise to the occasion, feel wanted, and actually stretch ourselves in a way that laziness and, and isolation and sort of the easy way out, the path of least resistance, yeah. does not develop either godliness or depth of relationship or depth of purpose. Yeah, you're, ex- you're, you're exactly right. And this is exactly where Marc Auger goes, is when he talks about super modernity, he's saying that this theme or this way of design or this way of thinking in the physical spaces, but also in our minds and how we approach relationships, how we approach what we do, it has infected almost everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what we expect now. But he's saying this is a actually a, a not a fruitful, not a flourishing, not a good path to go down. And it's going to result in a, a sort of a, a meaninglessness or a meaningless life and mm-hmm. a life where you have a superficiality. So here's another, here's another uh, thing to consider with it. Um, one of the keys related to non-places is that they don't embody the story of the people and the time yes. that is related to that physical space. Yes. So an airport looks exactly the same every day, yeah. no matter how many tens of thousands of people have walked through those hallways, mm-hmm. it's exactly the same. Like it doesn't actually tell any story at all of the people that were there and what they did. Uh, real places, and this is the difference, Real places carry on the story of the people and the happenings of that particular context, even as they stand on their own. Mm-hmm. And so this is this is the the illustration is that it's it's the it's the difference between um, I was listening to a, a, another podcast that talked about this, so I want to make sure I reference that. This isn't my own idea. Uh, it's the difference between a gymnasium and a historic old church, for example. Yes. Like when you go and you walk into an, a historic old building that's just beautifully designed and has all of this intention and craftsmanship, that word that you used earlier, mm-hmm. you you feel something when you're in there of the weightiness of the history of this place and how many people have inhabited it and all the things that have changed and gone on. And it's like the building itself, the space itself even tells a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are... That, that's the definition of a place mm-hmm. and, and a place or, or maybe another quick illustration is it's the difference between artificial turf and an old growth forest. Yes. Oh, wow, so think I about like the that. difference between that artificial yes. turf is a non-place. Yeah. It's just like this is fake grass and no matter what happened on it, nobody can tell the difference. Yep. A, a forest. Think about this. This is God's own design in mm-hmm. his creation. A forest tells a story over the course of centuries. Yes. And it's amazing to see that that's a real place. And an ecosystem with irreducible complexity. A forest is amazing with yeah. the, the variety of bacteria all the way up to insects and mammals and uh, trees and flora and fauna. It's, I love that, that complexity of a forest. Yep, yep. So uh, places are really where meaning is created and sustained and communicated. Mm-hmm. That's really where this is getting at, just from an abstract point of view. Yeah. you know, One of the my favorite examples I often use, like when I have people over to our home to watch a movie, because we have a nice home home movie theater, yeah. I like to say, partly to just say that we're, we're not ostentatious as a rule, uh, this was a long time coming. And so my example is, as you would probably guess, in fact, you've been there, Brent, yep. we love to show movies in our home. But that started as a, a tradition when I was a child, have movie parties in my house and and we would whatever that i think growing up i i don't 
17-inch TV, just a regular tube TV yep. about the same decade you were born. And then when I moved to the dorm <laughs> at the U of M, we, uh, I would, would host Star Wars trilogy parties in my little dorm. We're yep. talking a 12 by 12 foot cubicle space at the University of Minnesota. I would have entire Star Wars movies, uh, trilogy parties. And the point is, there was a continuity. I would do it as a child and a teenager in my house. Then as a, a, a dorm room, I'd pop popcorn and the, the, the smell would waft through the hallways. Yep. And I'd talk about my tradition with Star Wars growing up with that. And then when we moved to a duplex in South Minneapolis, we did the same thing. Small duplex, mm. two bedrooms. And then uh, when we started having people from church over, we were young marriage at the time. We moved to Edina in a Rambler. And then Wendy saved up a lot of her salary from when she was in a corporate job. And we built a home theater. Mm. But then we had friends that came and visited and one of my biggest compliments, a, a friend named Michael Burke, who now lives in Colorado, uh, he wrote in our guest journal, he said uh, he liked visiting the new house in Edina as much as the duplex. And he said, must be you guys. I thought, wow, that's such a blessing for him to say that. In other words, it yeah. wasn't that we yeah. lived in Edina or that lived in a Rambler or even that we had a home theater. It's that we were the continuity yes. for him relationally. Yes. And then to this day now, we, we've relocated again in the last 18 months, bringing that with us. And I'll end with a Another a quote from my own sister, Jean, who's 12 years my senior, when she first visited our new home in Hastings, she saw all the decorations we put up because Wendy is a master designer and my sister, Margaret, used to own a frame shop. So all these things on the walls, yeah. everything from Lord of the Rings to Yosemite National Park yep. to our Christian faith and embroidery of our Arneberg name. And when she saw that up, she said, ah, I'm at home now. Yeah. I see this is Paul and Wendy's place. Yep. And I love that when we make intentional choices, whether it's a small cube of a dorm room or a nice country home that is suited for people in their 50s that want to host a lot, uh, we can make every place, every square foot or every acre to be for the glory of God, and we are infusing it by his spirit because of his imputed righteousness. Yes, and you make an incredibly good point about the notion of places mm. and that it is not, at the end of the day, actually about the physical space. Mm. That is as a place is a conduit by which the people yes. who are the image bearers, yes. remember? And we're the ones who are the new creations in Christ. We're the ones yeah. who uh, are the stewards that God has commanded, gifted, and asked to be his co-rulers over this place, this uh, uh, creation. In, in, in That's our calling. Yes. That the people and the experiences with those people in that physical space is what gives it meaning. Mm -hmm. And it's not only what gives that place meaning, it's what creates meaning within us in terms of, of, uh, uh, of, of how we understand the world and our place in it. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into that in much greater detail because that's where the bridge is to what the church does as place. So that's, that's what we're going to do next episode. But let me just tie that together for a moment. Yes. Um, when we talk about places... Uh, this this comes from uh, Kevin Van Hooser, who uh, wrote a book called Faith Speaking Understanding, Performing the Drama of Doctrine, which I'll, I'll reiterate again as we do kind of part two of this episode, because I've got a lot from his material. Um, he talks about how spaces, you know, just sort of generically or non-places, that they are impersonal and they are abstract, whereas a place is connected to people and experiences. Mm. And he said, what turns a nondescript space or a non-place into a particular place is what embodied persons experience or do there. Yes. And that's, that's at the end of the day, uh, that's, that's a, that was a really good way to start talking about the people of God mm. and how we do church together mm -hmm. and how all of the things that we would 
say we have as goals in terms of ministry, in terms of how we even use a physical facility, it allows us to think of the relationships and the experiences of the people of God living together under God's rule, bearing with one another in love, practicing the truths of the gospel day by day as we relate to each other and as we walk together in faithfulness in the face of whatever we face in the world, that uh, we want to create a genuine place where a Christian community can flourish yes. in this location. And that's really where these things tie together. Yes, and I, I'm, I'm compelled to share another analogy that's yeah. that's directly biblical, not my personal analogy, but the idea of camping, or that in the Old Testament for 40 years when the people of Israel were in tents, and the tabernacle was a tent of meeting. It wasn't the physical building that Solomon eventually built. Yeah. The idea that they could have a tent dwelling for 40 years and, and still feel connected with each other because the Spirit of God was there through the temple, the tent yeah. of meeting. And then when we go camping in real life, Boundary Waters, or even down to a state park down the road near you. Uh, or when you go to church on Sunday, we have our Bible, we might have our coffee cup, we have our coat, we have the, the friends we want to connect with, we might have a duty or a or back to the service. We, uh-huh. we, we have the privilege of serving in a certain capacity at the local congregation, whether it's Sundays or Wednesdays or special events. Uh, that idea of tenting, people can think about that. When you go camping, you bring your creature comforts, you make that little plot of ground your own, as <laughs> Israelites did, as we yeah. do. And then you mentioned that the quote from Kevin Van Hooser to um, embody, the, the, we embody the space and it's almost like a mini version of the Holy Spirit uh, that he in reality is indwelling his people. When his people indwell a place, we're in a sense indwelling the place, bringing the Spirit of God there, redeeming yeah. it yeah. for that time and blessing those who are among us, hopefully by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll insert one other yes. additional thought into that is even the John 1 talking about uh. Jesus tabernacling among us, the word made flesh is the word for living in a tent. That's right. And so even when we talk about the gospel, we talk about God himself, Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ, making the creation itself his place, that he dwells in relationship with his people. And then as Jesus gives us his spirit, we've now gone from creation being this maybe uh, 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 abstract or, or like meaningless, uh, you know, humanistic, scientific sort of uh, ball of matter, all of a sudden this creation becomes a real place, not a non-place. It becomes a real place because God himself has become incarnate, dwelled with us, and then now as Jesus has given us his spirit, we live in this creation like it's God's place with us. Excellent. Wow. That's awesome. And I, I, another thing I'm just going to chime in, I'm going to actually read verbatim a quote from 2 Corinthians 5.1, having to do with tent again. Mm-hmm. And this ties together our previous episodes talking about the new earth. For we know that if the tent, which is our heavenly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house, yeah. not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So that analogy of tenting and, and real places is not only true for our physical dwellings here on the earth and our physical bodies here on the earth, it's a foretaste, which we'll get into in the yeah. next episodes, yeah. a foretaste of the eternal new earth where we'll have eternal bodies, eternal dwelling places, and eternally being with God on on the new earth because of Jesus. So that's a great good news thing to end on today. And we're going to wrap up episode 13. We phew, we got through the unlucky 13 today. Looking forward to the next episode, part two of this place versus non-place here at Deepening Roots and 
Growing Branches at New Life Evangelical Free Church.